Hi, everybody. This is MG. And I'm Elizabeth Pudwell, and we are... Sober Sisters Talk. Welcome. Welcome, listeners. And today, I am at a beach retreat, and my dear sponsor, Elizabeth, uh, is at home, so she's teleconferencing in. And so yeah, just, she's at a beach retreat, and I am not. She is not <laughs> at a beach retreat. And, uh, and so what I would like everyone here to do is if you would say all together, hello from Texas. Ready on three. One, two, three. Hello from Texas! wait when I edit this because I'm going to have to like scrunch it down and like reduce the volume because that was intense and wonderful. So I, that gave me chills, you know, and I do want to say I've been to um, SLA meetings in other cities in, in LA, um, in Florida and um, in San Diego and um you know, we have a bad-ass program here in Houston, and I'm very proud of it. Yes, yes. Yeah. Come to Houston, y'all. Some, some people don't like it, but I love it, and one of the reasons why I came back was because of the recovery community here, so I'm really excited, and... For our podcast listeners, this is the point in, uh, this is Sunday morning, and it's at the end of the retreat, and we work through the whole 12 steps through the retreat, and this is, we're working on step 12 right now, and so I'm going to have a friend of the program read what the 12 steps says. Step 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to sex and love addicts and to practice these principles in all areas of our lives. Thank you so much. And so there's two pieces to that step. What's the first part of it? A spiritual awakening. Right. And so the way that the people wrote this step and how it evolved was an amazing thing. It's like we can't get here without steps one through eleven, right? And then there's a second. Everything, everything lines up. It, they they piggyback on each other. When you really, they, in the amount of t- times that I've worked them, and I'm sure there's women there at the retreat that have done this as well. That when you do it over and over yourself, and over and over with a sponsee you really do understand like why it why they're in order one two you know you can't do two without doing one you know it's it's everything piggybacks on each other and then 12 really makes you and a lot of people look at 12 like it's about serving you know it's about carrying the message it's not that first part of it is having had a spiritual awakening as the result and that's the first part of it. And you can't, if you don't recognize that and the ways that you've changed and the things that you've learned, you're not going to get the whole message of the 12 steps. Thank you for that. And the second part, let me get my glasses. So the second part is um, we tried to carry this message to sex and love addicts. So it's like, you know, what we're doing with the podcast is we're just trying something, you know, it's like, we're just putting it out there. So whether or not we carry the message, it's, you know, it's, it's not, it doesn't say carry the message. You, you know, it's, we try, 
you know, we put ourselves out there. And there's someone here at the Beach Retreat that came into our program because of our podcast, Elizabeth. I don't know if you knew that or not. And I didn't know that. I'm so happy about that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. And then the well, last welcome. Week, go ahead, Elizabeth. I know I just said welcome. <laughs> and then the last part is and to practice these principles in all areas of our lives. And, you know, for me, that all is like, you know, that's one of the simple things. Like, it's not easy, but it's simple. All. Right? So, at the grocery store, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have to share a funny grocery store story that, you know, a couple weeks ago, I had to go to the grocery store, and it was Sunday. And I like to go to this one called H-E-B, and it's like on Dunlavey in Alabama, and it's fucking packed on Sundays. And I had to go. And I was like, oh, my God, it's going to be packed. What am I going to do? And so I like I set a plan. Like, you know, my biggest takeaway from Al-Anon is have a fucking plan, right? You know, <laughs> before I go into any sort of, you know, uh, stressful situation. So my plan was I can leave at any time. I had on my list, like, the top three things I needed to get, you know, like toilet paper, blah, you know. like So I go in. It's like if I can't handle it, then I just take those three things. I reminded myself that I could take breaks within the store. I could, like, stop and, like, you know, like in the big book, they say, pause when agitated. So I could pause. So I had all these things planned. And so I was like, so, and I go slow, calmly walk in, you know, do my deal, give everybody room. You know, if somebody's rushing, let them go. My God. Go, sister, what? You know, I don't know. <laughs> so I went in very kindly, very thoughtfully, like taking my program to the grocery store, right? And so I go in, and it's lovely. I mean, it was busy, but everybody was courteous, and I, like, got my shit in my basket, and I checked out, and I'm coming out to my car, and I'm like, wow, I did H-E-B on a Sunday. <laughs> I survived. And so I'm almost to my car, and I hear a horn honking. And over in H-E-B, if you've ever been to this place, it's like got fucked up, like it's like weird and stuff. And so there was a stand, a car standoff. One motherfucker was in the car, not moving. The other motherfucker was in the car. Like, you know, they were, you know, they were like not moving. And one guy was honking. The other car had his window down, and he was, like, shooting him a bird and just gesticulating. And he was like, you have no courtesy. You have no courtesy. <laughs> and I was like, does something need to be said? Does something need to be said now? Does something need to be said now by me? Because, you know, I'm like, you know, the great arbiter of the world or whatever. <laughs> and so my Al-Anon was like, put your groceries in the car first. So, I go because it's like Al-Anon has also taught me to take but I cannot only I can't help anybody else unless I've taken care of myself first so I took care of myself I put my groceries in my car and then I was going to go back just to see if I could be of service because you know there was honking in Texas we have open carry you never know <laughs> it's scary so I put my groceries in the car and I went back over there and there was another old old chick that was like doing traffic. She was out there like getting traffic. Like, Don't try to come here, you know. So I'm like, good. The old women are like, you know, ruling the world. 
So I get there, and the man that had the window down that had been gesticulating was finally <laughs> was finally conceding. And he was trying to move his car out, but he was like stuck, so he was trying to back up and everything. And so it was resolving, you know, it was de-escalating by the time I got over there. And what I realized was they didn't have a recovery plan for going to HEB on the <laughs> I just share that with my listeners, and Elizabeth, I'm sure you've got examples of how you practice these principles in all your affairs. Well, the thing that came up for me, Angie, was the um, integrity. Um, I remember um, years ago, I was listening to Joyce Meyer, a TV evangelist on the TV, and she was talking about putting your cart away at the grocery store, and that's what came to mind when you were telling this story, and um, ever since I, I heard that it's like, you know, somebody has to go pick them up. I took it out of the bin, you know, and, and used it. I need to return it, not just leave it by my car. And so I do, I mean, that's just one small way. I take my cart back every time I go to the grocery store. Even if it's raining, even if it's really hot, I take it back. Or I put it in one of those, you know, outside um, little church places, you know, where they put them. And, um, but it's those types of things, though. It's like, you know, just be in integrity, you know, be in integrity of your word, of your life, with everything that you do. Right. Well, also, you know, I feel like if, if I'm going to work this program and to carry the message, you know, like, you know, my, my Christian raising was about, like, you have to be a witness. And so, like, I feel like this is a program of attraction rather than promotion. And so it's like if people want what I have, you know, because there's a piece of it and be willing to go to any lengths, it's like, you know, what does she have that I'm willing to go to any lengths for? You know, I feel like I, I feel like the mandate is on me to live a life of integrity, to live to live these practice these principles in all my affairs so that people can say, What's up with her? You know, and to I'm not going to say be a shining example because I'm certainly flawed and I certainly make mistakes and I certainly have more work to do. And so I'm not saying that I'm all that. But, you know, if I can practice these principles and try, try, then I feel like that's motivation enough for other people that they can say, well, you know, Melody did that. I could do that, too. So, you know, how do you feel about the word try, Elizabeth? Well, I think it's exactly that because we don't, you know, in that part of that, the saying, we try to carry this message, you know, it takes me back to that story in the big book where Dr. Bob and Bill are talking and you shared this with me recently where they're talking and they're saying, you know, they had spent this uh, an, a, amount of time going into hospitals, picking up drunks, taking them home, getting them sober, and then they were trying to teach them the steps and trying. And they got to this point where they'd done this with numerous men and none of them had, none, none of them had stuck. And they were like, what are we doing this? You know, we keep doing this thing over and over again and none of these men are staying sober. And the other guy goes, but we're still sober. And that's really what it's about for me. Um, I used to think in the early parts of AA, you know, um, when somebody asked me to sponsor them, I was like, 
service and I'm you know thinking about these you know loftier things that that I'm not in the gutter I'm not you know thinking about my qualifier I'm not thinking about those other things that I'm you know redirecting my focus for you know for good and I love that saying in AA you're either headed towards a drink or away from a drink it's unequivocal you know it's like it's basic it's like one or the other and so when I'm trying to carry the message whether or not I do or not, when I'm trying to carry the message, I feel like I'm headed towards my recovery. So what I want to do, and you guys don't have to share if you don't want to, because this is, you know, our podcast, but uh, we'd like to open it up and, you know, hear all of your, like, experience, strength, and hope around carrying the message, if you have anything, like, you know, in any small or big way, I mean, you know, it, it doesn't matter. But does anyone want to share? Would anyone like to share about the 12 step? Ava. Oh. May I call you Ava? Yes. Okay. Hi, everybody. I'm Ava, and I'm a recovering addict. Hi, hey, Ava. Ava. So, I was probably about four months sober, and uh, I was having a problem at work, and I called my sponsor, and I told her all about the problem, and she had these wonderful words of wisdom. She said, Ava, it sounds like you haven't brought God to work yet. My first thought was, why the hell would I want to bring God to work? And then all of a sudden, it dawned on me, the problem will get solved if I bring God to work. And <laughs> if I bring my program to work, the problems are going to get solved. I love it. When I came to AA, my sponsor told me to call her every day. She also told me to get the names of two other sober women in the program and call them every day. When I came to SLAA, my sponsor said, write down the numbers of 10 women that you can call before you call me. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, well, I don't know 10 women that I can call. And she said, well, here, here's Stephanie P, call her. And she gave me her number. Here's Janice R, call her. I don't know those women. It doesn't matter. You call them before you call me. So what I learned from that sponsor is that it's very important to have the names and numbers of a lot of women that you can call. Right. And that another wise woman told me that one woman may not have time to hear all 20 minutes of what I need to say, but maybe four women have time to hear five minutes at a time of what I have to say. Right. So I learned about reaching out and also having a... a, Network of support, a community of support, and boundaries. Well, and we all carry the message. And even if it's just me to you, you know, like if you call me, I'm carrying the message or I'm trying to carry the message to you, individual. And, you know, doing something larger, like creating a, you know, mental health practice and, you know, doing it is like an extraordinary thing that, you know, some of these people in these rooms have done. And I've done this, you know, small effort. And so it, it, however you can do it, I think it's an essential part, 
you know, the, the three parts of it. I had said two at the beginning, but I didn't realize that it had three, so I'm, you know, aware now. Where we have that story. Amanda. Right. Hey, I want to say something, MG, about that, too. Um, early on, and uh, I get that it is challenging. You're like, I don't know these women. Why? I'm not going to call them, you know, but... Um, I told a woman in AA, I was like, you know, I thought about calling you last night, but, and I, I didn't finish it. And she goes, maybe you aren't the one that needed the call. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. Like the other, you don't know, like, even if it's, even if you feel really needy and, um, you just like whoever that was that just shared that, like, you know, I can't hear all 20 minutes, but I can only hear five. And then you shared that content with you know four four or five women rather than one but the thing is is that listening to someone that is struggling it there's a there's always a gift in there for the person that's listening always yeah always absolutely and once again if i feel like i'm listening to a woman in recovery talk about what's going on with them i'm going towards recovery i'm not going away from recovery and it helps me to be of service and to be able to check on my law of attraction planner, you know, like a good thing that I did today. You know, I was of service, you know, I get a plus mark. I get a little heart that I put about, you know, what I've done in my life. So we're at 11 o'clock. We're going to go ahead and wrap up. And I want to thank you so much, Elizabeth, for joining us at the beach retreat. Thank you. Thank you. Stay sober one day at a time. I want to say one more thing. Okay. We are given a daily retreat based upon fit spiritual condition. Part of the fit spiritual condition is connecting with others. It takes a village. Thank you so much. I love you. Thank you. I love you too. Okay. See you when you get back. Okay, bye. So I'm going to go ahead and close out the podcast. And I'm going to add some stuff when I get back in. But I want to thank you so much for listening and for joining us at the beach retreat. Thank you. And always, if you have any questions, you can email us at SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. You can find us at www.SoberSistersTalk.com. We're on iTunes, and we also have a Facebook page. If you go out to Facebook and you just type in Sober Sisters Talk, you'll find our page. Be willing to share it in a private message in Facebook if you don't want to post it on your page. So thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.